Hello, everyone. It's David Warrench. Thanks again for joining me. This is the Authentic Dad Podcast. Today, we have Margaret. Margaret Rizzuto. She's my friend. She's my colleague, and she is a midlife empowerment coach and an artist, and she guides people on midlife empowerment, how to have a second, third, or fourth act in life. Perhaps there's a career change or an empty nest situation. That's where she comes in. She doesn't want you to remain stagnant. She wants you to grow. And we have a really nice conversation about all of those issues. Reach me, F-U-R-T-H-U-R dot coach. That's further dot coach. I do the free 30-minute conversation, consultation. I'd love to hear from you anyway. Feedback. If you know anyone who would be a great guest, I'd love to hear what you think. Please consider writing a five-star review and we'll see you on the other side. All right, I'm here with Margaret Rizzotto. Rizzotto, how do you pronounce your last name, by the way? Rizzotto. Rizzotto, got it. She's a midlife empowerment coach. She serves women who are going through transitions, whether they're feeling overwhelmed, redefining themselves, or wanting to understand the things that hold them back. She loves helping women to feel more empowered and fulfilled as they go through these experiences. She's a strong believer that it's never too late and we are never too old to start something new. She uses positive psychology practices, intentional mindset, deep questioning, and self-observation as tools for creating big shifts for her clients. She's been a guest on several podcasts, written articles, conducted workshops on gratitude. She has a private Facebook group called Mindful Midlife. It's a group for women who want to navigate midlife with curiosity, mindfulness, and a whole lot of chutzpah. Love that word. Um, gratitude is her touchstone, and she's an Enneagram enthusiast, which I want to talk about, who loves talking numbers and types. And Margaret, thank you so much. I'm honored to have you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, David. Very honored because no one knows this, but now they will. You were sort of my introduction to coaching. We were in the same program. Margaret was a bit of a mentor to me as I had to get some hours. So, so I was able to coach her. She was able to coach me and it was a wonderful introduction. And I'm always grateful for, for that. She was very generous when I was getting, uh, getting my certification. So I just wanted to put that out there. Mm, yeah. It's fun to be back uh, in front of the camera with you, David. Yeah. So um, we'll talk about midlife empowerment coaching, but as I always like to do, that's uh, I want to hear your story because you didn't start there. And I think you had a really interesting career before that. So if you wouldn't mind telling me a little bit about your journey and how we how we landed on this. So um, prior to coaching, I was working in photography. I had a photography studio for about 15 years. And I worked primarily with women. Um, it just always kind of turned up that we were talking about their lives. We were talking about what was going on, what was challenging them. Um, and there was always this way in which I felt that, you know, there, there was a way that just having someone to talk to, having someone listening to them was really powerful. And that always kind of stayed with me. So I, I like I said, I'd been doing it for about 15 years and I was kind of starting to think, you know, hmm, I might like to do something a little different. I might like to add something to what I'm doing in the photography, but I hadn't really um, fully settled on anything yet. And then um, in 1998, exactly one month before my 60th birthday, 
I had a really intense car accident and spent the entire month of May between the trauma ICU and rehab. Um, it was a really powerful experience. Um, I was, I was pretty broken, <laughs> physically mm. broken, but um, I was also, I just became really tremendously grateful. Um, I was grateful to be alive. I mean, on yeah. a very basic level, I was grateful to be alive. Um, I, I, I just felt so grateful that experience had a profound effect on me. Um, and really from that day and until today, gratitude has become my touchstone. It's something that is part of every single day, every minute for me. Um, and, um, and that's also how I kind of came to the coaching. I, I decided at that time that when I was able to get back to work that I wanted to uh, become certified in coaching. Um, so I took the program, the program that you mentioned. Um, and I guess at that time, I also, as I thought about coaching and I thought about who I wanted to coach, I thought that I really wanted to work with people that were in the same space as I am, which is the midlife space. So, so that's kind of the you know condensed yeah. version of how it all came to well, be. It does sound like informally you were sort of coaching um, those women anyway in some way i've got this picture of you the photographer almost being like the bartender or the the person at the salon where you're doing the job but all of these other things come up about probably tell me if i'm wrong life family relationships where it becomes not just your photographer but sort of this intimacy develops it's a very intimate process i mean you are you know when you're in front of the camera you're vulnerable and when you're vulnerable there's just, it, it's a natural space for intimacy to occur. So yeah, conversations of all kinds would come up. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds like a very natural transition coupled with this sort of life-changing um, event. Thank God you're all in one piece. People who can't see you, I can assure you're all in one piece. <laughs> and, um, and you sort of created this really interesting path for yourself, but but it does seem to complement what you were doing, which, which I love. Um, well, tell me like midlife empowerment. I love that term. It sounds really cool. How, how would you even define, like, what does that mean to you? Like, what is empowerment? How should we say, how would we, how would you say it? Yeah, empowerment is a great word. It's, it's an empowering word. It's one of those mm -hmm. words that kind of, you know, sounds like what it means, right? And there's a word for it that I can't think of at the moment. Yeah. But um, what it means for me is, is helping women to kind of step into their own power, to really yeah. believe in themselves. And, you know, Sometimes I think we have this tendency to think that when we get to midlife, I know that I thought this way, mm -hmm. you know, here I am in midlife, I should know it all, I should have it all down pat, I should not be struggling with things, I should just, you know, the road should be easy, but it's not true, because especially not true right now, because midlife is so different, you know, when my mother was my age, she was an old lady, right, you know, I do not consider myself an old lady <laughs> by any stretch, you know? So um, 
so now we're faced with a real time of transition because let's say, you know, we were working corporate for the last 30 years. We just retired from our jobs, but we're not ready to retire. We're ready for act two. What comes next, you know? So there's this real transition that's going on in midlife right now. I don't imagine it's very easy to get stuck. You know, we the cliche of the, the midlife crisis or just, you know, and even if it's not a midlife crisis, getting stuck, I mean, there's there's the body changes, the career changes, sometimes relationship status changes. And it's like the ground is shifting underneath. And where is the support for that? And I don't know that there is a lot of that. So, so glad that you've, you've stepped in to do that. Yeah, and even things too, David, um, which I experienced myself and it really, it, it took me back because I really didn't expect it. When my younger son left for college and I was the, you know, the classic empty nester, yep. I didn't expect to have any kind of emotional turmoil because I couldn't wait for him to go to college. I was like, you know, I mean, I wanted him to go and to have his experience um, with college, but I also wanted to have my experience of, you know, right. my life being focused on me. Um, so when I had this little Oh my God, who am I if I'm not mm -hmm. his mom? I mean, of course I don't lose that, but you know what I mean in that same day-to-day -day sense. How, do you have, how many children do you have? I have two. Two, two children, any grandchildren yet? I do, I have my first one, oh. yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. How old is the grandchild? He's one. one. Wow, yeah. okay, so two kids, one grandchild, you have a husband, I know. You've, you've been married probably way too long. How long? Long. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Long, like long enough that I can't remember, <laughs> you know, 25, 26 years, yeah. Right. So you, that's a lot of living, that's a lot of life. So I can imagine you can add so much value to to your clients. Um, I'm just thinking about like, my kids are only 12 and nine, but how devastatingly sad I'm gonna be. <laughs> but at the same time, there there's a certain freedom, you know, one door closes, one door opens, the whole bittersweet thing yeah, um, and it is. It is bittersweet. Yeah. Absolutely. What um what I was gonna let's get a little more specific. So could you just generally what kind of things are you finding that come up when someone comes to you for coaching or if, if they attend a workshop or they're in the Facebook group? Is there just kind of give us a taste of like what what you're seeing out in the world as a coach? <clears throat> well, the empty nest is is very real. That is, is definitely one issue that we address a lot. And then um, another big thing that happens is people are very overwhelmed. Yeah. So, you know, just using that same example of either the empty nest or leaving a corporate or whatever position, um, you have a lot of choices. Oh, and that's interesting. Yeah. The freedom is overwhelming a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Cause I'm thinking of like, gosh, you know, I don't not like wish, wishing my life away. And, but we have, I have next door neighbors and they're, I don't know, they might be in their seventies or late sixties, but they're retired. And I asked them, what's the best thing about retirement? And they said, you know, being able to have time to drink that second cup, that second cup of coffee. And um, I'm able to do that now, but pre pandemic, I sort of envied that and thinking like, oh, 
life's going to be cake when I can wake up. But you're saying, nope, there are different challenges that, that wouldn't even be aware of. And overwhelm is one that I would not have guessed. Yeah, well, it's, it's an overwhelm with the amount of decisions and amount of choices with what you want to do next. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, it, and that's a super, that, by the way, that I, goes without saying that's a luxury, but, you know, there's, time is ticking. Well, that's the thing, right? And, you know, yes, it is a luxury. It's one of those, you know, it's a challenge because you have so many choices mm-hmm. and it's wonderful because you have so many choices, right? But so, so that is definitely one, another thing that um, I, I've worked with quite a few clients on, just how do you cut through the overwhelm? How do you make a decision? Right. How do I decide what's next? Right. So there's a, there's a help with some clarity about um, next steps, next phases. There's, there's the empty nest, of course. Um, are there relationship issues that, that may arise either within an existing marriage or let's say, I, can, I, I, I would think, can happen at any time, but as a, at, a, at a certain age, there could be um, widow, widows that issues or, or divorce or, or who knows what. Yeah, and I don't, I don't personally work on the relationship side of it, but where mm-hmm. I would come in, David, is in the case of divorce or in the case of being a widow, um, how, do, how do we redefine ourselves? Mm-hmm. Okay, who am I now? That that is a really you know that's a very real issue for people. Just you know, how do I redefine who do who am I now that I can become anybody? Yeah, so you know, for thirty years I was a mom who worked at you know corporate bank, and now my kids at college, and I've retired, and I'm staring at the walls. Yeah, or I was so and so's wife, you know, mm-hmm. and and now it's me. And as you said, thankfully, due to technology and science, and you know, we're 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 living longer. Mm-hmm. So there, there's maybe another act, you know, an act three, that a three maybe that wasn't there a few generations ago. Oh, there yeah. absolutely is. There absolutely is, and it's been really interesting to see how, as a society, we're responding to it because there are a lot of articles and things. There was a recent um, issue of, I believe it was Forbes, and on the cover was, you know, there were like 20 women, you know, pow- the most powerful women. More than half of them, David, were women over 50. Mm-hmm. Women in their 60s and their 70s, I mean, even 80s. I mean, this is, it's powerful. It's powerful to think about because this was not the reality 20 years ago. No, I was, um, I mean, I'm several years older and it's weird to think about that. Like when I think of like, I am, um, I have two siblings and um, I, I remember my mother had my younger sister, who's, I don't know, 35 now, maybe or older, that my parents were like six, seven years younger when they had her than I am now. And that's just sort of bizarre, you know. I always think they're so much, they're so old, but they were several years younger then than than I am now. And um, what is my point? My point is, is that time and age is such a if you it's such a crazy thing. If you if you think if you sort of think about it, you know, aging has changed most 
in our generation. In, in the last 20 years, right. aging has, has kind of revolutionized. You know, I mean, there's so much out about, you know, the, you know, your brain and, and aging and your body and aging and your nutrition and age. There's just yeah. so much out about it now. Really, it's, um, it's something that we can embrace now in a very different way than we ever have been able to, I think. Is, is that something that comes up where like kind of coming to terms with, gosh, you know, I'm 65 now and like, look at my skin and my body and just sort of like that whole sort of accepting, not just accepting where you are, but as you say, sort of giving someone taking their power because I, I would think that there's unfortunately a part of our society even like Hollywood act, actresses have this problem that we, we worship youth. They do. But there's also this really beautiful thing going on um, where women are embracing their age. Mm. Embracing it. I mean, look, you see all my gray? I'm proud of my gray. <laughs> I'm I have it too, it actually, go. believe it or yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, I'm letting it go. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's who I am. It's what's naturally happening. Yeah, my wife said she'll never diet. She's gonna, she's starting to get it. She's gonna, yeah. she's gonna go for which, which I think is really cool. It is really personally. Cool. I love it. Um. So you, so you look, and also it gives you street cred, right? Like, what midlife empowerment coach for women would dye their hair? Mm -hmm. I, I haven't think, thought about it like that. I don't think they. I don't think you should. No, I'm just kidding. You could do it's it every. My brand. I, well, it's really, I guess it would be whatever gives you power. So if that gives you power, then maybe you, it's, it's not black and white. Okay. No, um, great. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about how you support um, women or they, they, um, they reach out. Let's say they, they said, yeah, I want, I want some, want some coaching around some of the things we talked about is, is what you said um, in your bio, use some positive psychology and gratitude and what, um, where do you start? Like, how do you support them? You know, and, and I'm sure you um, find the same thing in your own coaching. Mm -hmm. Simply being heard is so yeah. powerful. It is so powerful. Just giving people a place, a safe place to talk about what's going on with them. So that's always the, the starting point. So glad you said that. Because so many of the coaches I've interviewed, they'll say, well, what do I do? I listen. Having a, a safe space hold is is very powerful. It is. It really is. Um, there's a way in which it, it it kind of it's sad that that is not just a something that everyone has available to them. You know. Yeah. But um, but that is definitely the starting point. Just listening. Just just giving people a space to be heard, and then um, you know the natural evolution is that that things come up, you know, we all have this, there's just this little, this little pin that pokes at all of us, you know, yeah. and, and defining what it is, defining what it is, you know, I'm, I'm really big on mindfulness, I'm really big yeah. on self observation, you know, um, so we work with that a lot, gratitude comes into play. And for the clients that are interested in it. Um, I, I bring the Enneagram in also. I wanted to, I want to get into that, but I want to, cause gratitude seems to be a, a theme that you, that comes up for you and is, is a buzzword, but I think is really, really important 
And so what would you recommend? Like if someone like practices, what, how do you, how do you work that in? If someone wanted to have a gratitude practice yeah, you know, or awareness? I think that one of the reasons gratitude is so important, David, is because if we have gratitude, we have enough. Mm-hmm. We're, we're living in a space where we believe that we have enough and that's so important. Um, so I, I think the easiest thing to do is just, and, and I don't mean to be glib, of course, but just start being grateful. Just yeah. start being grateful. Just, you know, just look, you know, I love the idea of a timer. You know, yeah. just set a timer to go off randomly and then just take, because that works both with the gratitude and the mindfulness. Just stop for a second. Where are you? What's going on? What's happening in your body? And thank you. And thank you. Oh, that's cool. Like setting an alarm or a bell and, and that's sort of your your cue. Where am I? What's happening? What am I grateful for? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, nice. it also gives you that second to reset, you know? Like if, yeah. if you're feeling stressed, it's like, okay, take a breath. <laughs> yeah. And I think there are apps that'll do that if, if you know, you're not, um, let's say, organized enough to set your own timers. That's right. Sure, there's, there's all kinds of technology tools as well. Do you have people doing like writing exercises or gratitude meditations, anything yeah. like that that you found helpful? Gratitude journals are mm-hmm. always a really nice thing because that gives you, again, that chance to reflect. And anytime you can do any type of self-reflecting, that's always really powerful. Yeah. So if you, you know, depending on whether you're a morning or an evening person, just starting with, a, you know, what's going on, would it list the things that you feel grateful for? Mm-hmm. For me, sometimes when I can't sleep at night, yeah. I'll just, you know, instead of doing the proverbial counting of the sheep, I'll just list off things that I'm grateful for. And so I may start off really big, you know, grateful to be on the planet and right. then end up with, you know, uh, grateful for that ray of sunshine that came through the window, but I'll just list off things. And what that does for me is it gives me this physiological reaction where my body just yeah. starts to relax and inevitably I fall asleep. So I, I love that as a practice too. Yeah, you know, The cha- challenge for me sometimes if I'm anxious or going through something that sort of overrides everything. So it's a helpful I'm easy. I'm, at least for me, it's a lot easier to be grateful when I'm calm and collected and everything's going well. It's when I'm in the, the, the trenches of, you know, some stressful event or some anxious thing that where I could probably really use the practices. So that's why I think um, having it as like a practice is really important, not something you just do here and there, but, you know, it, it, I'm just speaking for myself having, um, you know, doing the five minutes a day, doing the time or doing these things to really integrate that as like brushing your teeth, you know, hope seems, seems to be, at least for me, helpful because it reinforces, um, it reinforces uh, like, like a daily pra- a habit. Like you're making it a gratitude a habit. Exactly. And, and you, you just want to be intentional. You want to be intentional. You want to, you know, say to yourself, I want gratitude to be part of my life. And then you you take the steps and you do the practice and you, you know, you bring it into your life with intention. Yeah. And I think it's it's, gratitude to me is the real deal. People talk about it. 
and you hear a lot of like the self-help and the Instagrammers, but it's, it's really important. So I, I, I hope people really take it to heart and not sort of blow it off as this sort you know, sort of woo woo. Well, why do I even, because, because it does make a difference. You can't be, I don't know what the quote is. You can't be grateful and angry or grateful and some, some other emotion at the same time. Right. Right. And, and, you know, and it is, yes, you can say woo woo, but there's so much scientific research about yes. the benefits of it as well, you know, um, on your body, on your nervous system. I mean, there, there are real benefits. It's not just, okay, I want to be grateful because I want to be in this peaceful, beautiful place. Right. You know, no, there are real benefits to it, you know? And one of the little sayings that I really love, because I really think it's true, the more grateful you are, the more you have to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And, and that's simply a reality because you notice more. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's go uh, Enneagram. Your, I was, my experience with it years ago, um, I had like the book, The Essential Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really touched it in a long time, but at the time I thought it was extremely accurate as to kind of pinpointing blind spots and traits and things of that nature. So tell me how you use it. Um, I love the Enneagram. Yeah. I think it's an amazingly powerful tool for self-development and self-discovery. Uh, um, oh, explain to people what it is who, who don't know it. So the Enneagram is a system mm-hmm. um, of nine um, types. And, and I'll just explain it on a very, very basic mm-hmm. level. But it's it's a system of nine types and um each of us fall into a primary type. We each have all nine of the types running through us at various times, but we have one predominant type. Uh Um, For anyone that's interested, there are myriads of free tests on the internet. And I would absolutely say, take one, take two, take three, Uh and see what comes up for you and read about it and see if it fits, see if it feels right to you. Um, but it's just this really beautiful way of learning more, not, not only about yourself, because of course you do, but more importantly, why you do certain mm-hmm. things, why you've, you know, maybe why you withdraw, maybe why you, um, just, just why and how we react in the world. Yeah, and I guess it gives you a little bit of a map to, to if you're working with somebody, to kind of see how they operate and what, where you know where maybe their blind spots, where things that, as you said, why and gives you kind of a, kind of behind the um, under the hood, look under the hood a little bit of who you're working with. Exactly, that's a good way of putting it, David. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how if so if I were to go online just myself and not working with a coach or whatever and take the tests and um I got would you say the benefit would be just gives me insight into who I am and how I operate self-understanding absolutely and and hopefully some Mm self-compassion um to uh, you know understanding okay maybe you know I'm not just I don't just withdraw I don't feel uncomfortable when I go to a party because I'm weird but I feel that way because it's part of my personality type. And the reason it's part of my personality type is, well, you know, da-da-da-da-da. 
So yeah. it, it gives you a little bit deeper understanding, like I say, not only the what, but the why. And you use that primarily, you use like Myers-Briggs or any of the other other ones? Um, I don't, I don't. I, I pretty much stick with the Enneagram because it's a robust and, and all encompassing enough program that if someone is interested in it, it's what I want to bring into the session. Yeah. Did you tell me, I thought you said, are you, are you getting like certified in it as well? Um, I do plan no. to do that this year. Right now, about um, just about a year ago, I became involved with a program called the Enneagram Prison Project. Uh -huh. And it is a very, very powerful program. It is, um, they are taking it internationally. Um, it's in, I believe it's in Australia right now. It's in California. It's, it's in a variety of different places. And they basically bring the work of the Enneagram into prisons. Oh, cool. Um, and it, it is powerful, David. It is so powerful. So right now I'm involved in a program with them. And uh, actually I'm going to be doing some coaching through them also. That's good. So do you, will you be visiting the prison or can you do it on Zoom or how does it work? Well, when, when we are able to, mm -hmm. then yes, there is some visiting the prisons and there is some Zoom work too, yeah. But I mean, it is just, you know, to hear some of these people talk about how, what a life transforming um, experience it's been for them to be able to look at their life through the lens of the Enneagram and really understand this wasn't necessarily my fault. Um, yeah. just to be able to give themselves some self-compassion and learning has been a very powerful tool. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, is, it is really awesome. Yeah. That's really good. And that's is because you're in, is that going to be in Rhode Island? And, or? Uh, it'll depend. I know mm -hmm. that there are, there are some programs in Boston, which is not too far. It's only an hour away. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, right now, everything's everything. The world is, we're an online world at the moment. Yeah. Are, and then I meant to ask you, are you still doing photography or are you just focusing on the coaching now? So um, I did close up my studio at the uh, onset of the um, pandemic. Yeah. Um, so the photography I'm doing now is, is just my own creative photography, which yeah. has really been a fun exploration for me. I do want to, um, I do want to have my studio back here in Rhode Island once yeah. we're able to. And I, the reason I bring this up is because you yourself are an artist. I mean, you, your photography was beautiful and artistic. I know you did some art on your own. So this is also like a really great example of someone like yourself who is continually evolving and being creative. Um, I'm not saying you're old, but you're a grandma. You have grown children. You've been, you know, you're, you're not stopping. And I, and I love that. You know, my Bob Dylan is one of my favorite artists that is almost 80 and you know, he was, he's, he was still on tour. Yeah. Um, Willie Nelson is still touring. I mean, these, this is inspiring to me and they're not, they're not phoning it in. They're not just uh, doing the hits. They're, they're, he just came out with a new album. But, so that's how I want to live. Yeah. Well, we're never too old and it's never yeah. too late. He had a quote, you know, he, not, if you're not being busy being born, you're busy dying. So it's sort of, uh, 
I see what you're doing is sort of guiding people through maybe rebirth mm. or, you know, yeah. new phases. Um, is, is there um, any podcast books, authors? I always like to ask people that inspired you or recommendations that you would, you know, if someone said, hey, Margaret, what, what do you read? What? What do you, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but is it it's like, who, who would you recommend? I, I think I always love hearing people because I learn, I learn new books and everything. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. And um, I so I say that just in uh, talking about books, Quiet was a really powerful. Ah, yeah, I know that book. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, in terms of um, just you know, getting to know ourselves and, and self-compassion. I love everything that Pema Chodron writes. Love her. Everything. Um, and for the Enneagram, um, there, like I say, there are a lot of good free tests online, but if anybody wanted to delve just a teeny bit deeper into it, the Enneagram Institute has a fabulous, really in-depth uh, $15, which is, you know, pretty yeah. reasonable test that gives you back such great, such great information. Cool. Um, yeah, and Brene Brown has done some really nice stuff on vulnerability and um, some other talks that I think are really powerful too for- especially yeah, her, her Netflix special was, I couldn't get, get into her books as much, but I loved her Netflix special. It was really funny and fantastic. I was totally sold after seeing, and many, many people, of course, love her, know her, recommend her, but that particular one is where I really locked into her work. Yeah, and then one other person I would mention because mm -hmm. when you think of self-compassion, you think about just life and aging and, and just really deep things. Um, mm -hmm. David White, W-H-I-T-E oh, yeah. is just- You got me into David White because I saw on your website or at least one iteration of it, you had a David White quote. And I was like, who is this? And I started reading all of his poetry, um, listening to all of his interviews. Whoa. Yeah, whoa, exactly. Beautiful. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 Oh it, yeah. That's my short list. <laughs> Yeah, I remember you had, I don't remember the quote, but then I was like, well, who is this guy? And then I started seeing him everywhere in interviews and his poetry is beautiful. And yeah. he's, um, I mean, obviously he's articulate, he's a poet, but but um, the, it's, you just have to read it, right? He's deep. Powerful, he's it's really powerful. Deep. Yeah, yeah, very. So. Um, any other, I think that sounds like a really nice place to stop. And what else, is there anything else you want to add or say, or any words of, of wisdom? I want to make, sh make sure you are able to, to get it all out. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel complete. Where, where would people find you is to, throughout your website? Yeah, it's uh, margaretrizzuto.com, R-I-Z-Z-U-T-O. Very nice. And so that's what all your offerings, your coaching, um, is your Facebook group on there? Information about that or? Yeah, it is actually. It is. Mm -hmm. yep. Very nice. And all of this is done, of course, via Zoom. Um, it's all women, but will you take a man if a man says, I want midlife empowerment coaching or no? Well, not, you know, not, no, not offended. 
thing. No, no, no. Because with the Enneagram Prison Project, mm -hmm. I will be working with men. Okay. So it's, yeah, so I don't know. I Let's see. If a man comes to me, I'll have to see. I'll play that one by you. Yeah, because I the reason I ask, I mean, some men prefer working with women. Some, right. Obviously, some women prefer working with women, or some women, I would imagine, prefer working with men, vice versa. So I was just curious. Like, I... This is called the Authentic Dad Podcast. My primary focus is fathers. However, uh, you know, many women listen. You know, you are a woman and we're talking about women's empowerment. So I'm right. trying not to keep it, the categories too strict is all. Yeah, I think I would, I would have to uh, fly by that same thing, David. All right. Well, ma'am, thank you very much. And it is always a pleasure. And stay well, stay safe. And I, I really do hope to connect with you soon again. Same, David. Thank well, you. Thanks for being a guest. Okay, thanks. See ya. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Margaret Rizzuto. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to dust off that Enneagram book that I have that's been sitting on my shelf. I hope you got a lot out of that. As I always say, I hope you're safe and well and healthy. And we are definitely making progress. The sun is shining here in Maryland. It's beautiful. People are getting vaccinated. I have a feeling this could be an epic summer. So reach out. Please consider giving me a five-star review. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. The point of all this is to add value, and hopefully you get something out of it. I do. That's why I'm going to keep doing it. Take care.